Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Sociology Talk. I'm your host, Andres Sanchez, and on today's episode we have Diana Lozano Santana. She's currently a graduate student in the Sociology Master's Program at California State University in Northridge. She's here to share her experiences and challenges as a graduate student. I hope her story inspires and encourages people listening. Enjoy. Everyone, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Sociology Talk. Here we have Diana Lozano Santana. Um, she's a student in at CSUN in the Sociology Master's program. So we're really glad, glad to have you on. Thank you for coming. Hi, yes, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. And uh, before we begin, I'd like to just start with a question about what drew you into sociology? Why, how did you fall in love with the discipline? Um, you know, I actually have a funny story about that. Um, a long time ago, when I initially started college right after high school, I applied under a psych major. Um, but I was a first generation student. My parents had no knowledge about how college worked. Uh, at my high school, we didn't even have a college advisor. Um, mm. So everything was so new to me. I waited too long to register for classes. So by the time that school started, I, I did not have a schedule. Um, so I kind of just picked classes that fit my schedule. Um, and intro to sociology happened to be a class mm. that was open. Um, but you know what? That should have been a red flag that it was just wide open um, because the professor was so hard. He was so rigorous because he was also a teacher at USC, so mm -hmm. he liked having that rigorous, um, what, what is it called? Like, he liked intimidating the students by saying, like, oh, you guys are learning the same material that USC students are getting. Um, but yeah, so I loved his class. I loved the way that he lectured. Everything, you know, I, I came from my little small circle in South LA um, and you know I went to this big university and it was just everything was just mind-blowing I, I was just mesmerized by the class um, I am ashamed to say that I failed the class <laughs> because it was just so hard but I love yeah. the material um, and yeah like it it didn't break my heart it broke my heart obviously because nobody wants to fail but mm -hmm. it, it just inspired me to try again because I, I just loved it so much um, and then the next semester, um, I'm like, I'm just going to take another sociology class just to confirm that I, I really like this. So I took a psychology class and another sociology class. I can't even think of the name, but um, that's when I knew I'm like, okay, um, I, I was leaning more towards sociology. And then that's what inspired me to switch over um, to the sociology field. Right. Yeah. And this all happened. Uh, this was all during your time at a community college. At, at, no, at Cal State Long Beach. Oh, Cal State um, Long Beach. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I started going to Cal State Long Beach right after high school. Um, and I think I went like two or three, three semesters. And then um, I dropped out. I, I couldn't keep up with the workload. Um, I had culture shock and I was working a full time job as well. Um, I just couldn't manage it. And I just took myself out of school, um, again, not having the information and not 
I was too shy to ask anyone for help. Mm. I just mm. stopped going. I didn't know that I can opt to take a semester off, to take two semesters off, or that I can even um, apply for reinstatement. I just, I just left school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I had it in the back of my mind that I wanted to go back, but I didn't know that I had options to for my way back into the university. Right. Um, so yeah, so I stopped going for a full semester, but then I, I knew that I still wanted to learn. So I would sign up at the local community college. I went to El Camino College in Torrance and I would take a class here, a class there. Because in my mind, that meant that I didn't drop out of school. Like I didn't drop out of college. Uh, I was still an active student. And then I was able to tell my parents, oh, yeah, I still go to school. Like, yeah, I'm an active student. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Mm, Yeah. And then you uh, stumbled upon California State University of Bakersfield in the Antelope Valley. Was that shortly after that? Um, No. I took I took a, a long break from school from 2010 to 2015. I just completely stopped going to school, um, and then I moved to the Antelope Valley area. Um, and then once I was here, you know, there's nothing much out here to do. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So then I just decided to enroll at the at the Valley College to take a class to see how I liked it. Mm. Um, but then around the same time. Um, I was expecting my daughter and something, I don't know, just having her arrival, um, it just inspired me. And I was like, I have to do something for myself and for my kids. Like, I know my kids would never be ashamed of me, but in my mind, I'm like, I don't want them to think their mom is a loser or a quitter. Mm. Um, And I just didn't, I just didn't give it a genuine shot to to try and finish school. Um, So yeah, so I went to ABC. um, I finished my requirements there and then I transferred to uh, Cal State Bakersfield the Antelope Valley um, location mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and how did you find out about that I mean I mean Antelope Valley College is the community college in Lancaster California right. and seems to be a at least the satellite campus AV where where I'm at and this is how we met yeah. um, is located like right up on that campus so right. you just walk by and you're like, hey, there's a campus here. No, actually, in my mind, I thought I'm going to go to ABC. And then if I do continue my journey to get my bachelor's, I'm just going to go to CSUN because CSUN is the name that I knew, that I recognized. Mm-hmm. Um, I had heard of Bakersfield, but it just sounded so far Um so that wasn't even on my radar until I heard one of the students uh, that they were talking about transferring next door, next door, next door. So I was like, well, what's next door? <laughs> um, and then they had like a little like college fair thing, like welcoming, encouraging students to register. Um, so I did. And then um, it, it was just nice that it was a short drive away from my house and uh, they had the major that I liked sociology um, and I looked at the class schedule and everything uh, like it felt right so I applied and then at some point they were taking too long to reply to me so I was like they don't want me like what's wrong yeah, um, yeah but 
Yes, I'm glad that I was being nosy listening to other people's conversation um, because it's so small, you can easily miss it. Like yeah. I didn't realize that, you know, it was literally like on the same, um, same grounds. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so uh, you emailed and then did somebody eventually get back to you or did you just like walk on campus and say, hey? <laughs> no, I just waited. Um, I heard back from CSUN first and then okay. I thought, okay, well, I guess I'm going to CSUN. Um, and then um, I did like a test drive and I'm like, I, I, I don't want to drive out here every day because I had just, I used to commute to Chatsworth for work and I hated it. Mm. And then very last minute, I got the acceptance uh, email from Bakersfield. Uh, at some point, I'm like, yeah, they're just not going to take me. Um, but yeah, I was so happy that they responded and it was with good news. So that's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when I, my time teaching there, you've actually been one of the strongest students I've had. And so uh, for those of you listening, Diana was in uh, my sociology classes and took theory with me produced some, some great qualitative research as an undergrad, um, which I think, what was it that Thank motivated you. you to get into graduate level studies in sociology? You know, to be honest, um, well, when I was in high school, again, because of the community that I come from, um, just me thinking about community college and getting a certificate in human resources, that, that was my, my dream. Um, and then eventually, you know, the bus started about college and then, you know, I learned that there was like a whole other world in academia. Um, but then at some point I was like, as long as I get my AA. And then once I was about to finish at uh, Cal State Bakersfield, I was like, okay, as long as I get my bachelor's, this is, this is huge for me, for my family. Mm. Um, and then, um, talking to you and to Dr. Castlestrand uh, you guys planted the seed because, I mean, growing up, I've always been one of the better students. But again, like my dream was so small, like, oh, just a certificate. I mean, not bashing anyone that just has a certificate, but yeah. I just didn't think that I had the potential to go beyond that. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, like, so talking to you and you all telling me that I had the potential, that I had what it takes, that I could do it, that I could succeed. Um, then I started toying with the idea, like, maybe I should check it out. Maybe I should apply. And then mm -hmm. my thought when I sent out my applications was, I'm going to apply. If they say yes, then good for me. But if they say no, then I'll be okay with it because it's not something that I had always planned for. Mm -hmm. Um and yeah, so it was you and Dr. Castlestrand that encouraged me to step out of my comfort zone and see how much further I could go. Yeah, wow, that's really cool. Well, I'm glad that uh, had some influence. Um, no, yeah, and I thank you because not a lot of professors take their time to, I mean, you guys don't know the power and the influence that you have on us. And just some like a small comment from our professors, like a mm -hmm. word of encouragement, that that goes a long way yeah definitely yeah I had tons of students or uh, tons of uh, teachers that when I was a graduate student really encouraged me and and pushed me to go you know uh, to succeed and so it was great it was a great experience and so um, yeah so then you applied to CSUN and yeah then I applied to CSUN ASU Cal State LA and Dominguez Hills 
Okay. And then ultimately you decided on CSUN, right? Was that because of the location or? Yes, it was because of the location. Um, you know, it was the shortest drive. Um, I got accepted in the four programs. Um, so awesome. then I just had, to, I had to decide where do I want to drive to? And then I have small children too. So I had to take that into account, like their school mm -hmm. schedule and how many hours would I essentially be from home? Um, so then eventually I was just undecided between CSUN and ASU. Mm -hmm. um, so I opted for CSUN because I wanted that college experience. I wanted to meet other peers uh, in person and meet the professors in person. Um, and I'm pretty sure I would have had a wonderful experience at ASU, but uh, at that time when I selected the program, like I felt like it was the best choice for me. Yeah. And it'd be hard to drive to Arizona every day, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that's uh, something that a lot of people have to deal with and have to manage, you know, that, well, I have like, um, I have kids, I have this family life. Um, what's my best, what's best and ideal for me, right? right. So then that's, yeah. you know, you ultimately decided on CSUN. Uh, the commute is not as bad as you know other places i know some people that go from lancaster to bakersfield that's new not too um, bad of a commute but it is it is it's pretty a long drive. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so yeah and can you tell me a little bit about uh your experience what has your experience been like the good and the bad um well it's definitely been eye-opening um i did really well at in cal state bakersfield and i just think uh, that I don't know. I don't know what's the right term to use. It it gave me a big hit. <laughs> My confidence was <laughs> yeah, the confidence boost. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. I had like this unlimited confidence, and I was like, yeah, I, I you know I could do this. I could take on anything. Uh, but then I was once I started school, the the graduate program at CSUN, it was good. I liked the the faculty and everything, but the amount of work. It, it was just so intense, the amount of reading. Um, and so you either go full-time, which is three classes. And I remember asking the coordinator, can I take four classes? Because in my mind, I'm like, I just want to get in and get out. Um, yeah. And she was like, no, like I cannot authorize that because three classes is full-time. And I'm like, no, but I would think back to Bakersfield, I would take five, six classes at a time. And I'm mm -hmm. like, and I was managing, I was doing good. Uh, so she's like, yeah, no, it's not the same. So you can either take uh, three classes full-time or two part-time or even one class they let you take. Um, so I kept pushing and asking her and I asked her, can I talk to the professors if they would allow me? And she was like, no. <laughs> um, again, because I just walked in with this mindset that I'm, I'm just going to crush it. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it, it was good, but it was just a lot of work, a lot of reading. I did not know how to organize my time. Um, again, like dealing with family life and then all the schoolwork and all the readings uh, that it required per class. Uh, it was just a crazy amount of reading and like assignments due every week. And my first semester was definitely difficult because I was confined to the laptop 24-7. Mm -hmm. the, our weekends consisted of me being home, just working on my assignments. Um, and I felt 
in the back of my mind, I felt guilt because my kids were just, just home. We couldn't do anything. Uh, my husband would take them out to give me a little time to myself, but yeah, it, uh, it completely consumed me. It, mm. it, yeah, the, my first semester, like my whole social life, everything, it, it was just consumed and on the back burner and it was just full, full, full. Um, but I, I liked the material that I was learning and everything. I just didn't, yeah, my organization skills, uh, they failed. And I wasn't, I wasn't good at one of the things that they told us when we first started was carve out some time, commit to a, like a time frame, block out like a few hours, like every day, let's say like eight to one or, or whatever, but just commit to those hours that those are like work, schoolwork hours, and you're going to do it. And, and it sounds easy, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't get a hold of it. Um, I I was glad that I took your senior sem though, because I remember thinking then like, why is he giving us so much reading? <laughs> um, and then, uh, but that prepared me for the amount of reading that we had in grad school. Um, you know, we, what did we read? Like over a hundred pages a week or a hundred a week. Uh, and at that time I thought this is just way too much. Um, and no, like it was really the stepping stone for what was coming in grad school. Uh, mm -hmm. And then also like in your theory classes, uh, you had us read the original material and then the secondary uh, material. And then that was very helpful because in grad school, you only read original material. Mm -hmm. And some of the language used is, is foreign to us um, because it's so old. Um, and but I wasn't completely taken by surprise by it. it. It was it was familiar because you had assigned it. So right. um, I I I was intimidated, but I'm like, oh, like I've seen this before. So I I felt you know that security, like okay, like I've I've gotten through this reading before, like I can do it again. Um, but yeah, like I think the good was that obviously new experience, and then it humbled me. That's mm -hmm. that's the key word. Grad school humbled me, yeah. um, and I had like I had uh, really good professors, and then I had trouble with another professor where uh, he just did not like my writing. Um, he recommended that I leave the program early mm -hmm. on, and uh, and I was crushed because here I thought like, oh, I'm a, I'm an A student, like I got this, mm -hmm. and he basically asked me like, what are you doing here, like you don't belong here and that really like knocked me off my feet and it, it got me depressed honestly and I would talk to my family about it and they would tell me like don't let that professor like get to you but it's hard it doesn't matter how hard you try not to take their comments personal mm -hmm. um it, it like it stays with you yeah so um so having that, I was struggling to keep up with the work. And then I was struggling with my family life. And then like on top of that, knowing that some professor just thought I didn't belong there, that I essentially took somebody else's spot from the program. That just nice. made me, yeah, like that made me feel, it made me feel unqualified. And it, it made me feel guilty because at some point I was like, did I take somebody else's a spot that could have been doing better than I, mm. you know, like. Uh, did I sign up for something that I was just not prepared for? Like it, I had like all these questions. Um, it, it, it was, 
definitely difficult. At the end of the semester, um, I really considered dropping the program because mm -hmm. I just felt, I just felt like I was, I was in inadequate to be there. Like, and I thought maybe he's right. Like maybe he's the only one telling me the truth. Um, because I talked to my other professors and they're like, we don't understand why you're struggling with this professor. Like you're one of the stronger students, one of the better writers, like mm -hmm. in, in the ongoing classes. So I was like, I know, like, I don't understand either. Like, I just didn't get it. Mm. Um, and then at some point I was like, he just doesn't like me because I'm an old lady. Because the program at CSUN, like the student body is very, like the graduate program is very young, which I was surprised mm. because in my early 20s, I was not thinking about grad school. <laughs> I yeah. was not thinking about a set career. And I'm like, I was really surprised that the program is so young. And there's only a couple of us like older students, uh, students with children, like the majority is it's a very young program. Mm -hmm. so I was like, is he being ages? Like I was trying to justify like, like what is it that you have against me? Mm -hmm. um, but then like at the end of the day, I thought like, you know, I'm not gonna let this man like kick me out of the program. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. I obviously I send in my writing samples. I applied like they liked yeah. me for a reason. They mm -hmm. gave me the way in for a reason. So I'm not going to let his opinion like define me. Right. Mm -hmm. So Yeah. But yeah, it was definitely it's been an experience. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry to hear about the, the language that instructor used. You know, it's just as an instructor, I know that uh, when I get feedback to students, I have to choose wisely the language yeah. I use because like you said, that can really impact a student. I mean, I may be writing some sort of feedback and I think it's nothing, right? Yeah. But the, that could come off as something else. And so I often have to choose the feedback that I do use. And I often try to use more encouraging language. Like, um, you know, I'd like to see more of this or yeah. like um, maybe try to elaborate in this section, what you're saying here, instead of, you know, uh, this doesn't make sense or, you know, reword this, you know, even yeah. those kind of, that kind of language can right. be like, oh gosh, like I suck, <laughs> you know? Yes. <laughs> and so, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry that that's actually happening to you and yeah. you're not alone with this idea about do I actually belong here you know the imposter syndrome right um do I belong here is this something that you know did I take somebody else's spot we all I mean I mean I shouldn't say all but most of us I have that experience right and so for somebody to kind of say things um would reinforce that you know and it's not it's not great and you know and and I think that's uh Think you're doing awesome and I think that you know just being like you know I'm just gonna keep sticking with this I'm not gonna let one person just um throw me off track yeah that's um that's yeah. great and I'm glad that you're still, you're still pushing through yeah it's definitely about how you say things and I thank you for being conscious of your language and how you give feedback um I understand that not all feedback is gonna be nice and what we want to hear as students but again it's, it's the delivery and how you say it mm -hmm. or I feel uh you know if you have if there's like a big concern then call a meeting with the student um, mm -hmm. let's talk about this what's going on at home like there has to be something else going on um but yeah, <laughs> yeah. um from what I hear 
uh, he's nicer this semester. So I hope that because we gave feedback on my class and how it went, and mm -hmm. it was the majority of us that felt, you know, along the same way. Um, so I hear that he's a little nicer this semester. I'm glad for the students that are taking him this semester, but um, mm -hmm. yeah, maybe he got away with being so brutally honest for so long that he forgot that at some point, like I need to filter myself. And then now, like, they kind of called him on it. And now he's like, okay, well, I, I guess I'm going to try <laughs> to be nicer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Or maybe it's because they have tenure and they're like, whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. But, um, I know yeah. at some point I was like, is he the only professor teaching this course? And they're like, yeah. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm like, how did I go around him? Yeah. And now I'm glad that I took him. He's done like his classes checked off and like you know now I know I did it I took his class it, it was so hard but I passed it and and it's done with yeah yeah I think that's uh, yeah that's awesome you know and I think students are going to experience that you know when they go into a graduate level school they're gonna really feel down or maybe they get a mark that they're not happy with and they're going to consider dropping out but yeah I mean just just pushing through and just knowing yeah. that you know I I just need to dust myself off, try again, keep yeah. going. Yeah, and... it's such an emotional roller coaster. And people mm -hmm. don't talk about that. People just talk about like, oh, I had the best time in grad school and <laughs> now I have my degree. But nobody talks about like the tears that go into the yes. hours, the work, mm -hmm. uh, all the sacrifices. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, you definitely. I remember you mentioned the sacrifices you made like with the time that you, you could be spending with family. Yeah, I felt the same way. I mean, when I was in graduate school, I mean, I didn't have kids, but uh, very close to family. I missed a ton of birthdays, you know, yeah. like uh, with my uh, my godchildren, you know, and uh, yeah. it was hard. I mean, just just had just pushing yourself and having to devote so much time to your studies, mm -hmm. research, reading. Um, it's difficult. It's challenging, but it's not it's temporary you know, yeah. it's not forever. Right. So that's kind of something that I, that helped me get through it. You know, it's just like yeah. when I was, when I was taking, you know, all these sacrifices that I had to make in order to stick with the program, I just knew in the back of my head, this is temporary. Right. You know? And so, uh, yeah, I think that that's something that, you know, for anybody that's listening to the podcast, that's kind of feeling down. Um, it's temporary you know, and yeah. it's, it's not forever. And so, right. um, and then we can use that, uh, mindset as motivation, like, okay, this is temporary, it'll pass. Um, and it's just one step closer to, you know, our end goal. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I'm not the same person I was last fall, last fall, if we would have been chatting, I would have been crying on your right now and I would be like I can't do this uh, but now like you know I feel so good like I feel accomplished because I look back and I'm like okay I did that um, and then this semester I decided I'm not gonna let it consume me I'm gonna work during the week while my kids are at school and mm -hmm. I am of course I know some weekends is gonna require me to stay home and, and work on assignments but I'm not gonna let like my schoolwork, graduate school consume my family life. So um, and I feel that, um, I mean, I've only been, been back at school for two weeks, but I feel that if I genuinely try to do that, then 
my mental health will be okay. Uh, me, uh, the guilt, the mom guilt that comes and goes, like, mm. I'll be okay. Like I'll spend time with my kids and, and I'm just going to have a more positive uh, semester this, this fall. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's the goal. Yeah. And uh, yeah, definitely make sure to take your time, take some time for yourself, your family, you know, just create those little goals. Um, like you said, it's, it's, it's healthy for you. And so now that we're, I guess we're on the subject of, um, you know, giving advice to somebody that may be potentially trying to go into a master's program of sociology. If you were to give advice to somebody, um, not necessarily in, in your program, but as a mm-hmm. graduate student in sociology, what kind of advice would you give that person? Um, I think my main advice would be really research the program and the school where you're going to. Um, If you're able to talk to any former alumni, like that would be great. I didn't do that myself. Um, But then afterwards, I did connect with people that had been through the program and I got so much good information that I'm like, I wish I had known this in the beginning or before Mm -hmm. starting. Um, Again, like I picked CSUN because it was closer to my home. but yeah, like if people are flexible to move or, you know, they don't have um, anything that would essentially hold them back from being mobile. Yeah, like look into the program, like check out a former alumni, like really like get to know uh, what you're getting yourself into. And then also another thing is just be sure of what you are trying to do with that graduate uh, with your master's degree, because um, I think that I just applied for the master's in sociology program because I did the undergrad in sociology. Mm. Um, and you know what, when you're an undergrad, you just kind of go to school and you're like, I'll figure it out eventually, <laughs> like what I want to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can't do that in grad school. Like you need to know <laughs> what you want to do and what you potentially see yourself working, uh, where you see potentially working um, after you graduate. Um, because at some point I, I, I was, because I'm a teacher's assistant for the undergrad sociology professors for two professors. And in conversation, I told her, you know what, I think I want to do counseling. And she's like, oh, no, like, she got so worried for me. She's like, you're doing the wrong program. You're supposed to do a, a education counseling. Yeah. She sent me the link. She's like, this is what you need to be doing. Like, you cannot do it with a sociology um, master's degree and I'm like really like I just thought sociology was just so universal like mm-hmm. I do anything um she's like you can essentially you can but that specific field that you're trying to look into you can't like it it requires like clinical hours and she explained to me and I'm like oh, okay well then I guess like I'll cross off that <laughs> from the list um and then I've had other classmates that they went in thinking like, well, I want to do this with my sociology program. And then come to find out like, yeah, like you can't, you can't do that. Like you need other like either credentials or clinical hours or whatever. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I guess just be sure or at least have like three potential like jobs that you would want to see yourself doing and yeah. that could kind of fall under the, uh, for example, the sociology umbrella. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, yeah, I wish that when you got accepted, at least in my case, you you don't get like any type of like one-on-one, one-on-one coaching with like the coordinator that they're like, okay, you've been accepted. Um, 
what are you trying to do with this degree? Or like, where do you see yourself? Mm. Or anything that kind of makes you start thinking before yeah. you start. Um, you just get accepted and you start day one, like you have to be ready to go. So I wish that there was some kind of like intermediate, like uh, pre-counseling, somebody just kind of double checking, like picking your brain, like, are you sure this is what you want to go into? This is the field because- yeah. Um, I mean, I know there's people that have like more than one master's, but I don't have time to be doing like multiple masters or the money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So then, yeah, I think that would be just one of the main things, like really yeah. like get to know the program and like try and visualize yourself, like what type of jobs you see yourself doing with this uh, degree. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And when I first started the graduate program at uh, CCB in sociology, I mean, of yeah. course, that uh, program is moratorium right now. And so, uh, when I started, it was, it was, you're, you're right. It was like, what do I want to do with this? Right. I think I found out after taking my re advanced research methods class. And I was like, I think I want to do research, you know, like I, I was just drawn into teaching right. and I really loved the discipline. I just fell in love with it. Um, I had a professor, professor Durawal at, uh, Bakersfield college Mm -hmm. and she was just great and I just really fell in love with the discipline and when I went in I just had this idea I want to teach sociology right yeah but then so I was just all in at least with the program at CSUB there was there were two tracks there was a thesis track and then there was a teaching track and mm -hmm. I was just like full on like I'm going to do the teaching track because I want to teach sociology so this is just for me right. but then when I was exposed to the research in sociology, I was like, wow, this is fun, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. and so then I went into research, ultimately, like, yeah, I, I still, I still do teach sociology, of course, you know, um, but yeah, you, you kind of have to have an idea of what you want to do, and it'd be nice to have somebody there that's like, okay, what are your ultimate goal, ultimately, what yeah. are your goals when you finish right. the program, and so, yeah, it would be nice to have somebody to, to talk to and be like, okay, so if this is what you plan, maybe this is the right path for you mm -hmm. um yeah and so you had mentioned the that counselor saying like oh this isn't the right track you won't be able to do academic you know academic advising I'm a faculty advisor I advise all the time you know <laughs> so I think that it's as a sociology student or um as a sociology uh graduate student I had no idea that I was going to be advising students what classes they should take yeah and so it wasn't until I started teaching at CCB AV, that the demand for an act faculty advisor was so high. And so I get a course release because I am an academic advisor yeah. as a lecturer, which isn't required for us. But yeah, I, I'm required to do a certain amount of hours advising students. Yeah. And so, um, and yeah. you know, that's, that's so great because I feel that my educational journey has taken so long. Uh, because I didn't get the appropriate advising. I didn't get the right information. Um, uh, either like I would talk to someone and they would guide me to take certain classes that I didn't need, uh, or I just kind of signed myself up for whatever was open and nobody mm -hmm. was really talking to me. And uh, it actually happened to me at ABC. Um, and God bless that lady. I, I'm not, I'm not mad at her, but she had me take a class and I took the full class. And then right before like the semester was over, um, 
she calls me in and she tells me, oh, you've already taken this class. Oh. So, and I took it at, I'm not sure if I took it at Long Beach State. Well, again, my bad because I went to so many schools, but uh, I had taken it before. So she's like, it's the same exact class. And then uh-huh. she asked me, like, didn't you find the material similar, like familiar? <laughs> and I'm like, well, all of the sociology classes, you know, they kind of overlap each other. And I'm like, of course I found it familiar. Mm-hmm. So she was trying to, I feel like she like me like didn't you notice you already took this class <laughs> like uh you told me to take it yeah um, this was a class that I needed quote-unquote to transfer to Kelsey Bakersfield so she told me do you need to stop going so of course I did and then I ended up getting a W on my transcript mm-hmm. because she told me she would talk to the dean and arrange it arrange it so they can basically delete my enrollment and she didn't do that and mm-hmm afterwards I was like you know what I'm done with this school <laughs> like um I I was just like I could transfer to CSUB and and that's that but I do feel we need to have more faculty that cares enough to really like research and guide these students mm-hmm. in the right direction so right now that you mentioned that that's part of uh what you do you know that that's so great because a lot of us we, we just don't know we just don't know, or we're afraid to ask, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, every time academic advising comes up, to be honest, it's like, oh gosh, it's so stressful for me because I don't want to lead somebody in the wrong direction, taking right. another class, for instance. And so it's so stressful for me because I'm like, I, I just, you know, double check everything you know mm-hmm. and I make mistakes still you know I'm, I'm human and yeah but yeah it's so it's such a stressful process but yeah I think that um uh it's definitely important the academic advising right. part of it, you know because a lot of us as students may be coming in as first time uh you know we're, we're the first in our family to go to college first generation. yeah yeah it's it's hard you know we don't really know a lot within the institution, what's required of us, what classes we need to take, even though, I mean, at one point I was like, gosh, there's somebody that I can meet with that can tell me which classes to take. Like it was just that bad. Right. (laughs) And and so I think it's crucial for somebody to kind of walk through that process with us. Once I found out that there was an academic advisor available to me, Mm -hmm. I walked in, I, I, I swear I asked this, this lady, she was at Bakersfield college and she was like, uh, she was one of the people in charge of like transfer students right I knew I was going to transfer to CCB I asked her so many questions and she was so great she she knew so much I wish I could remember her name so to give her a shout out but I would ask she would say well you have to take this class or this class I'm like well what's this class about she knew exactly what that was about didn't have to look at a catalog or anything right what this class about and she's like explain it all she's like now that I've explained both of them (laughs) which class would you like to take and so it was a really great experience for me. And I'm so glad that I met with her. Um, but yeah, I think it's true. I mean, you definitely need those, those really good, great academic advisors um, right. on your side. And to break down the courses and, and, and yeah, guide you because that's mm-hmm. part of their, their gig. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And so uh, we've mentioned a little bit about your future goals once you graduate, so we were talking a bit before the podcast, and you're yeah. um, you're set to graduate spring 2023. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so congrats. That's close. Thank so you. Yes, it's coming up fast. It is. Yeah, that's awesome. And so, 
You mentioned academic advisor. Were there any other future goals you had once you graduated? Uh, you know, right now, I would like to get into the university uh, system either. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would be ideal to get uh, something here at Cal State Bakersfield um, or CSUN too, um, even though it is a little drive, but I would love to be part of the university system right now. I am a TA for two professors, so I like helping them grading and, you know, they give me other assignments and just like seeing teaching from the back end has been very um, eye-opening and it sparked interest in me too that I've been asking myself, like, do I see myself teaching? Because Mm -hmm. I I like that part. Um, And then the few students that I've talked to and I've had to deal with from the undergrad um, you know they've been they've been so nice full of questions and it felt good to uh, like we said like guide them or even answer the mm-hmm. simplest question like what page are we supposed to read or whatever but <laughs> yeah it's, it's been it's been nice so yeah something in the university or um, I worked in a corporate um, organization for a very long time. And I always, always interested in human resources. I mean, that was like my dream when I was in high school, like, oh, I just want to do human resources. Um, So either or I think I I would be okay. But right now that I'm actively doing the graduate program, like I am definitely leaning, leaning towards academia. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that's great because you were such a great student. And I think that a lot of students that were in the program when you were in there, I feel turned to you for advice, uh, study groups, any questions that they had about the material. I didn't notice that. So I think that that's right up your alley. So (laughs) thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And was there um, anything you'd like to add to to the conversation? Anything extra or... Um, um not, nothing specific. I mean I could sit here and talk to you for hours and hours <laughs> yeah. uh, because again I've gone to school for so long and I've mm-hmm. had like so many like lived experiences with the college university uh, life but no like um, I hope that the conversation helps someone I hope that, and I also hope that I didn't freak anybody out like talk them out of like <laughs> applying to a graduate program like don't worry guys whoever's listening you can do this um, yeah. it's, it's doable um, and then uh, it's nice to see other people of color in the program um, yeah. you know um, it's, for example having you as a professor somebody that looks like me that that's comforting because mm-hmm we don't always get that. Um, so I'm glad that at, at least my cohort at CSUN, uh, the majority, they want to go into teaching, PhD. Um, and it's just nice to see, uh, yeah, the Latino community, people of color, um, you know, us getting those degrees and going out into to the professional world. So yeah, if it's, um, it's something that people are considering like I I would recommend it but it is hard so just have that mindset it's not gonna be easy it uh you're it's not gonna be like undergraduates where you can leave work which I've done myself to like the morning of like no like that that's it's impossible right yeah yeah for sure I'm glad you in the yeah I think that students should know that it is going to be challenging I mean, like you said, you came in saying like, I'm going to crush this and, <laughs> oh, yeah. and that's awesome. You know, to have that confidence, but just to know that this is, there's going to be times when 
I'm going to feel down or I'm going to feel like giving up or this is, this is challenging or, or do I belong here? And I think that it's good to know that other people think that and they experience that and just not to give up and just to know that <laughs> yeah, you're, you're not alone. So, right. yeah. So thank you for that. And, you know, once um, you graduate, you're in a profession, be awesome to have you back on. So really appreciate your time and joining us on this podcast and just sharing your experience and journey in sociology. Thank you so much for having me on and for having this podcast. It's so awesome. I saw your list of guests and they're impressive. And so I was like, well, he wants little old me there too. So of course, yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me here and, and congratulations on the podcast. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. You take care. You too. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Sociology Talk. For more stories about sociologists, please subscribe and check out my other episodes. Take care.